everybody. This is Taina at the Third Stage Astrology Channel. And I'm starting, or we're starting, the Heartbreak series. And I'm talking to my senior astrology student, Isabel, who is very reclusive, so she's phoned in. And she might remind me to enunciate clearly because it's an open internet phone and she can't always hear me clearly, so please excuse us. But if you're just tuning in and you're having your heart broken by a Cancerian, and you have got no experience of the third stage astrology channel, I would recommend watching the video about the three stages of the sun in Cancer, because it will really fill in the details about the big picture. What the premise is of the third stage astrology channel and the third stage astrology system is that every sign has three distinct stages of development, and this is a very, very, very long-term process of development. It lasts for more than one lifetime, actually. And each stage has a completely different personality type. So if you're having a, your heart broken by a Cancerian, you're, you're most likely having your heart broken by a second stage Cancerian or a person who's in transition between the second and third stages. So we're going to talk about a lot of the challenges and difficulties of dealing with a Cancerian in a relationship and just understand that there are a lot of really positive Cancerians out there. They're in first stage or third stage and they're wonderful people to be with. And second stage cancer, unfortunately, is the number one most likely person to break somebody's heart. That's why we're starting with that sign. Now, there's different types of heartbreakers uh, in the sign of cancer. They'll, they'll do it in different ways. One thing that's important to know is that cancer is the most emotional sign, the most sensitive sign in the zodiac. And it's particularly difficult to be a cancerian man. Cancer women will break people's hearts, too. But it's so challenging to be a cancer man because men are more sensitive than women. Men are physiologically more emotionally reactive. It's wired into us for millennia. Men had to be the ones to react suddenly when there's a threat to the tribe or a giant animal running by that we're going to need for food for a month. They have to react immediately. They have to react intensively. That's the male physiology. So it means they feel their emotions more intensely than women do. They react more intensely and their emotions go to greater extremes. And almost nobody knows this, but it is a biological fact. And therefore, if we take the most sensitive sign of the zodiac and we put a male individual into that sign of the zodiac, we're pretty much creating what you could look at as a really extreme birth defect because the person is so extremely sensitive. And in second stage cancer, a person of either, of either gender is, is struggling with their emotional nature anyway. They're struggling with being really sensitive. They're struggling with all kinds of trauma they don't really remember and they don't really want to deal with or face up to. So that makes it difficult for them to go through their lives and it makes it really hard a lot of times to be in a relationship with them. So there are two basic types of heartbreakers and then there are heartbreak situations that Cancerians can get into where there's third parties and that's not always what happens, but there's a type or a situation where that can happen, which I'll explain. But there are basically two types. There's the type that is glomming onto you and doesn't want to let you go, really wants you to be there, wants to be in a relationship with you, but will not deal with anything in a, in a direct way. There are, there's a lot of extreme emotions, but they don't want to admit to being emotional or be reminded of being emotional, but there's all kinds of drama and either communicating without using their words. <laughs> there, there's a lot of reactivity and manipulation that can, you know, just drag you through hell. There's another type of second stage cancer that because they can't handle their emotions, they can't let anybody get close to them, they're, they're the more abandoning type, the abandoning type of second stage cancer. And because I deal with a lot of people who are in painful relationship situations and a lot of people who've been abandoned, I have more experience with that second type of second stage cancer situation. And Isabel has more experience with the glomming on type of, type of second stage cancer situation. So, do you have any comments on what I've been saying so far? Well, <clears throat> yes. Um, it was funny because when you said that uh, if you have your heart broken, and I felt like going, no, no, when you have your heart broken. <laughs> um, but anyway, yes. Uh, it's interesting because I have never met, I've known a lot of Cancerians. I seem to have karma with Cancerians. But I've never met the abandoning type. Yeah. I mean, I would sit there praying to be abandoned because I've had <laughs> enough, but 
Right. And you know what? The other type of person that's being abandoned will sit there praying to be engulfed. Yikes. Because no. it's such a painful, <laughs> a painful abandonment and that, that that type of cancering will never explain themselves. They will say hurtful, weird, emotionally abusive stuff and then vanish and disappear. And they're wonderful when they show up and then they disappear again and you never know, you never know what you're dealing with. And yeah. they play all kinds of games. They can be really seductive, you know, usually emotionally, maybe sexually. The female second stage cancerians can be massively seductive that way. You know, the big drama reactions of the glomming on type of cancerian is, are pretty strong with women, but they're, you know, all, I mean, all cancer men are basically girls, whether or not this is- I've what, said that. I have said, that, and yeah. I've actually talked to people, I've met, you know, people in stores and all over the place, and somehow we get to talking and they stay there with the cancer. I said, and I, and I will tell you every single time I have said, oh, so you're basically with a 12 year old girl in her first period. And they went, oh my God, oh my God, that's him. That's exactly him. And, you know, I, yeah, I think that that's pretty accurate. I, I have found that, that cancerian men in second stage at that certain point, and I don't want to, 12-year-old, well, I think maybe people are starting to menstruate earlier, so say 10-year-old girl on her first period. Yes. Moody, grumpy, and I think that they can abandon you and glom onto you at the same time. They can. They definitely can. They, because we would never deal with any. Oh, and the other thing is projection. Yes, yes. It, <laughs> I was the one that was more emotional. I, and I'm a fairly reasonable human being, and I, and I have an air moon sign, which means that I tend to, if I have a feeling, I sit in a way whether it's reasonable, and that's a whole other story. But I tend not to immediately. I, I have feelings, but I tend not to react immediately because I really just want to be reasonable. Yes. And whereas my ex would just blow up or stonewall or be completely irrational and nuts. And then in the middle of yelling and screaming and all of the drama that was going on, he would be telling me how emotional I was being. Right. And yeah. so I thought, oh my God, like it's really gaslighting. Yes. I yeah. will tell you, I remember, I remember talking to you when I was going yes. through this and saying, I think I'm dimension hopping. Do you remember those conversations? Yes, yes I do. Mm -hmm. It was so crazy making. I, I thought, okay, I know I'm not insane. I had sort of lived enough life to know that I was fairly sane. Mm -hmm. And I thought, but we would go through stuff. And he would absolutely have memories of stuff about me that I didn't do. That, like, yeah. we were supposed to have watched a movie together. I never saw that movie. He would be so insistent. And this went on for 13 years. And I basically decided I am not crazy, but I'm pretty sure we're in a different dimension. And we're, I actually don't know if that was true, but I just couldn't come up with any other explanation. Yeah. It was like, okay, we're hopping in and out. He's in another dimension watching Uli's Gold with me, which I in this dimension have never seen. Yes. <laughs> and I would remember things he said. He'd say, no, that never happened. And then the stonewalling where he would literally plank himself down on the couch if I said something, don't know what, never found out, 13 years, never found out what it was, something to upset him, he would shut down, literally cross his arms over his chest. Yes. If I tried to talk to him, he would look right through me. Sometimes he would sit there and close his eyes yeah. and not talk to me. Okay? Yes. It was terrifying. It was just so crazy because I'd never experienced anything like that. I think it was a very extreme example. I don't, I have you know, pretty much, yeah. to be honest, avoided being with cancerian men uh, since that time. So uh, that would be my experience. But so I don't know if things get that crazy with other people. But no, well, I would be it surprised if it's reasonably common. And and I'm and I'm sure cancer women can do those those same kind of tactics, do the same thing. Well, my mother used to do. She was a cancerian. Yes. But, you know, um, that's a whole other thing. I don't know if yeah, that's relevant. She was on second stage cancer too. So of course you ended up in a relationship with second stage cancer. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's like I married, except didn't quite marry my mother. Yes. And it was like, what was I doing? Yeah. Anyway, that's because you're right. They can just be yeah. a dream come true. They show up and he pretended to be the answer to all my dreams. Yeah. So sensitive. Well, they really wanted to be. And they are so sensitive. Yeah, I know. And, and, 
see a third stage cancer or you know well along in second third stage cancer knows that their sensitivity is their greatest strength yeah. and no and can be very very caring because if we if we if you go to watch the video about the three stages of cancer in first stage cancer the person's whole focus is on nurturing and building a family they learn so much about emotions they know how to be emotionally caring they know how to really be giving and a second stage cancer really can sweep you away with those traits but yeah. because at the end of first stage cancer, there's, there's a, so much trauma that happens. A deep, in, thick and second stage cancerian is really blaming anybody they have any kind of emotional attachment to for that original trauma, but they don't consciously remember that they're doing it. All they know is that somehow it's all your fault that they're unhappy. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Everything is all my fault. Rain, weather, world, orb, <laughs> yeah. famine, locust, whatever it was, it was my fault. Yeah. <laughs> it was exhausting. And, you know, as you know, it literally broke my heart. Yes, yes, yes. Literally broke my heart. I ended up in the hospital with a heart attack. Yes. Um, way younger than people usually have heart attacks with no risk factors and, you know, yeah. zero. I uh, shouldn't have happened. But this relationship literally broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit of a warning, you know, if people are in a real no-win situation and they feel they should keep going with it and they're not getting anywhere, there is a rule. And actually, actually Thomas Leonard, the coach Thomas Leonard came up with this and he was so right. He was a Leo, actually, and you're a Leo. That when we're in a negative situation, it always costs us far, far more than we're aware of at the time. It's Why didn't you tell me that at the time? <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm 13 years and a heart attack later. From time to time. <laughs> well, no, to be fair, I was working very hard, very crazy, stupid hard at trying to save the relationship because yeah. that gets into a whole other thing. I felt like I had a karmic debt to him. Yes. I felt like I owed him something and I really wanted to save him. Yeah. Uh, and that's another goofiness in yeah. my chart, which will be explained another time. But I really did. I felt like I needed to save him. And yeah. he felt like I needed to save him. And not only that, but he kept saying, you saved me. You saved yeah. me. I kept saying, no, I didn't save you. Right. So I didn't want the responsibility. But inside, I felt like <clears throat> I need to save him. So that's why mm, yeah. I, I was talking to you, trying to save the relationship. And you were wonderful. You were trying, you know, you were explaining and helping me. Yeah. But now that I'm out of it, I mean, oh my God. Yeah. And I mean, I do default and relationship coaches in general default towards saving the relationship, working on the relationship and the integrity of the relationship and not advising somebody to get out. That's just sort of the, the relationship coach Hippocratic oath. <laughs> and I wouldn't have wanted you to tell me to get out. I wasn't ready to get out. If right. I w you know what? I got out when I was finally ready to get out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took a while, but whatever needed to work itself out karmically needed to work. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. There's that truth. But the thing is that, you know, it's so easy when we fall in love to try and save the other person. And when we're in second, third stage, and I know you were in second, third stage with your moon at the time, we often get involved with second stage people and we're trying to save them. Because when we're in second, third stage, it's being conscious, being free, moving forward, getting somewhere with what, with, with what we really want to be and do and know. We know that truth is find, digging for truth is the answer that's going to set us free. And we want everybody else to be free too. We're used yeah. to having a mate in second stage because we were in second stage for so many lifetimes. So we go to that second stage pool unconsciously in order to find that mate and we try to pull them out. And they often want us to pull them out too. But the problem is you can't pull someone out of second stage. They have to do the work themselves. You can help them do the work if they want to do the work. And that's one thing that we'll talk about, which is how to determine is this person in the transition? Because if you're with a second stage cancer and they're purely thick in second stage, they are right. not going to change any way, shape or form. You yeah. either have to decide to deal with and put up with what is going on as it is now and whatever form it takes, including abandonment, if that's what's going on or to realize I can't change this, I can't make this person be any different, and, and you really at that point have to save yourself. But if they are still struggling with a lot of this extreme emotions and, and all the un dysfunctional reactions that we've talked about already, but they're wanting to find the answer and they're wanting to pull themselves out of it, 
and they appreciate your assistance and your help and they appreciate you giving them some kind of objective understanding because poor second stage cancerians have no objectivity. They think they do. Zero. But they, they don't have any because they're, they're lost in a sea of emotion. They can't get out. But in, with their in second, third stage, they're trying to find the answer and they're trying to get out. Then, then things can happen, then things can work, and you can work with this kind of situation, even though it's hard. It will yeah. slowly get better. You know, when you talk about the emotional stuff, I, I, I remember what I used to say to you, and, and it's emotional terrorism. Yeah. Remember we talked about Yes. That was the part that was terrifying. I mean, apart from the fact that this person was much larger than me and had a very, 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 very explosive temper, I never, I mean, I'm not a small person and I'm pretty tall. And so I was never physically afraid in any relationship before that. But with this one, I was. Yeah. Uh, because of the explosiveness. And so, as you know, I used to lock myself in the bathroom hiding, just doing crossword puzzles and readings just to get some space. Yes. And this, I remember he said that uh, when I would read, just if I wanted to read a book, he would, he would say that I was exiting the relationship. Like if I wasn't sitting there beside him watching TV. Now understand, we weren't relating to each other. Right. We weren't talking, there was no connection, but I was in the room. He wanted yeah. me in the room with him. They do, they need people to be in the room with he, them. Yeah, but he didn't really want to have anything to do with me. Yeah, yeah, but don't say I, anything. And don't do anything that's going to upset me. Be there. But exactly. But, you know, other, unless you're a lump, you're going to do something to upset them because everything upsets yes. them. <laughs> everything upset him. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. wind, I, it, honestly, it was crazy. Yeah. But it was the emotional terrorism. That, that was what I, I finally called it that. It was the fear yeah. of the explosiveness or the stonewalling or the just... <sighs> it yeah. was exhausting. And that fear... I started, I just got, I just shrank and shrank and shrank and just tried to make myself as small as possible. Yes. And I tried to hide as much as possible because I was walking on eggshells. I was afraid any minute there's going to be an, an, an emotional reaction. It's going to be loud. There will be arms waving. Things will get slammed around. Who knows what will happen? Right. And I didn't know why. That was the worst of it. I'm pretty yes. good if I understand things did not know why. Yeah, because they're reacting to all kinds of things that they make up in their heads and they don't yeah. have anybody to share it with. They will, they refuse to share it with anybody. And they're, they're really in a world of their own in a lot of ways. But Absolutely. No, absolutely. Totally in a world. And, yeah. and it, it was, it was, that's where I coined the term, an emotional terrorist. And yeah. my mother was like that too. Yes. Yes. Not, not exactly the same. Mm -hmm. She was a female and she was my mother and had a whole bunch yeah. of other issues. But mm -hmm. it was the emotional terrorism. And that's how my father sort of ended up becoming, you know, I mean, you know the story. Just, yeah. just so dutiful and taking care of her because, oh, my God, oh, my God, God forbid Anna should be upset about anything. Right. <laughs> when Anna got upset, it was like a tsunami of wet. <laughs> wet and noise. Yes. <laughs> and I... A lot of wet noise. It was just, and we all tiptoe, tiptoe, tiptoe. Except I'm not a very good tiptoer, as you know, with yes. the Mars Leo thing. Yes. So I was the uh, lightning rod for a lot of trouble. And of course, then what do I do? I end up in a long-term relationship with exactly the same situation because clearly I'm not that smart. <laughs> well, we all we all choose people. First of all, when we fall in love, we fall in love from the subconscious level. It is not possible to consciously choose to fall in love with somebody, as a lot of people have found out. Gee, that, that, that man or that woman is so wonderful and so good and so special, and I wish I felt something for them, but I don't. Because it's the subconscious that falls in love. But it's the subconscious that does that in order to try to heal the traumas we're carrying with us, usually from our childhood. It's the primary place we're trying to heal traumas from when we fall in love. Sometimes it's from other lifetimes too. But it, the most important thing is to to use your conscious mind to steer a, a pathway towards someone we can heal with who's choosing to be conscious. Because if we go to a second stage person, they're literally choosing to be unconscious. Yeah. Well, you know my imitation of a second stage person. Fingers in the ears going, la, 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 not listening, I'm not listening, it's not my fault, it's your fault, la, 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 not yeah. listening, not listening, not my fault, not my fault. Yeah. 
my imitation. Yeah. Now there's a pattern that happens in all relationships and that has to do with what our childhood was like in terms of how the people who loved us who were, who were or who were supposed to love us treated us. And there's only one of two sorts of negative experiences you can have with parent figures or caregivers. And those are to be abandoned or to be engulfed or invaded. And, and I had both. There you go. There it is. <laughs> yes, it's possible to have both. I think I kind of had both too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And that was from my, well, my father was just never there, period. He was right. kind of abandoned right from yes. the beginning. But it was from my mother. Yeah. I mean, engulfed. Yeah. yeah. And abandoned. So if your predominant experience is of having been engulfed, then you're going to get attracted to someone who does that because subconsciously that's what you learned love is. It's not something you want the person who loves you to do, but it's what you're used to experiencing. If you Familiar. were primarily abandoned, you're going to get drawn to somebody who abandons you, even though that's the last thing you want, because subconsciously that's what you understand love to be about, is an abandonment. And these two types find each other. So the yeah. engulfing kind of Cancerian was abandoned or felt they were abandoned. But the problem is that they magnify everything so tremendously. Oh, I know. So they're looking constantly for you to do the wrong thing, of yes. not being there yes. for them, not being right for them. And if they're, if they're the abandoning type of Cancerian, they were engulfed, but they want to be in a relationship with you. So they'll show up, tantalize you, flirt with you, love you and then disappear for a long, long time, often, often creating a big angry fuss right before they leave, being really mad at you, not letting you know whether they ended things or not, or they'll end things in a huff and then they're back a week later. You're constantly just being jerked around. And you know, they also have certain signs, have certain unconscious sort of magical powers. And one thing that Cancerians can do, especially if they're the abandoning type of Cancerian, is they send out a little psychic wall and they put the wall around you and they don't let anybody else come in. So they'll abandon you. And for some reason, you can't find anybody else. Can't get Really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I did not. Well, because that's not my, I didn't really have an abandoning Cancerian. No, so. I didn't have that type. Yeah. Interesting. So you can't find anybody else. So they what? Claimed you and you can't find anyone else. So, and it doesn't mean you have to be trapped in that situation forever. Forever? Yeah, really. Oh, I was no, you can't. You won't be trapped forever. But for as long as you let the feelings still be present, even though you're trying to find someone else, it, it doesn't seem to work. Wow, I didn't know that. Somehow, with all of our yakking, we have not yeah. somehow that, or unless you did tell me and I forgot, because that doesn't right. happen. Maybe um, but, yeah, I might have a long, long time ago, but yeah. again, because it's not the type you were dealing with. But I have. No, but it, but he would abandon me by being there. And then they leave it there for when they feel like dealing with it. Sorry, say that again. It's like they mark their territory, which is the ah, person that okay. they're, yeah. that they're involved with, and then they disappear until they feel like dealing with it. Wow, that is like classic narcissistic behavior. I suppose. I'm not saying Cancerians are narcissistic. I'm just saying no, that, no. That no. Most of them aren't, but some of them could be. It can be. No, narcissistic. I didn't notice that, but that is that is a narcissistic thing. I think. Uh, yeah, it is, but it's not. It, it it's not like they're doing anything in their behavior to do that. They're, they they send out. They, how to explain it? It's like a. It's like a. Um, it's like a telepathic bubble. It's a, it's a literal energetic frequency that they tend to put around the person they're engaged with because they tend to, this abandoning type tends to really be very strongly emotionally attached to the person that they're spending 2% of their time with. <laughs> but, they don't, but they don't want to admit it most of the time, but they right. sure do not want anybody else to horn in on their territory. And so it's their will. They're almost sending out this will of this is mine. Nobody else can be involved. Nobody else can have Interesting. It. Well, what you're, it's funny. What you just mentioned reminds me that another thing Cancerians, uh, and this seems to be, certainly I've experienced this with a number of Cancerians. I don't know if they all have it, but um, they have a remarkable, and this, this psychic bubble thing that you've just mentioned fits in with that. They have an amazing instinct. Yes, they do. It's, they can come up with, say stuff, that you go, oh my God, it's almost like they're psychic. I don't actually yes. think they are. I think they have flashes of it. Yes, exactly. But they're so instinctive that they can tell 
it's quite remarkable. My mother could do that yep. and the ex. He yes. used to be able to do that. It was really uncanny mm-hmm. and a little bit creepy. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. Because you're going, what? Is he reading my mind? How yeah. is this possible? And yeah, then, and, they, and they'll also just the disappearing kind disappears and disappears until the day you feel like I'm probably finally pretty much over him or her and the phone rings. Mm. <laughs> like, well, wait a minute, you're getting to the end of your rope now. I better pull you back. <laughs> and the other thing, I don't know if this is relevant, but just thinking about cancerians is you will never be forgiven for anything. No. They may pretend to forgive relevant. you, yeah. but they don't. Right, right. They, have a, they have a little chest a yes. little golden chest that they store <laughs> their grievances. Yes. And they actually make room and, and yes. they like to take them out every now and then and admire them as if it's a jewel. Yeah, box. I think they gloat over them. Yes. Yes. It, <laughs> and then there was the time you did this and then there was the time you wore that and then there was a the time you looked this way and then there was a the time you cut your hair in a way that I don't like. It was just, it was, and you didn't even know that it was a problem at the time. Right. You will find out much later when they need it. They bring out that box and right. start flashing all those little gems of grievance that yes. they've been storing, that they adore. They really like, honestly, I feel so mean saying this, but it, it's, it felt to me with my mother and the ex, yes. they really liked being unhappy. Second stage cancerians seem to. It's almost like they're getting a form of comfort from it because it's a security because at the end of first stage, their lives blew apart and they never want to experience something like that again. There is a resentment towards whatever caused that to happen, whoever caused that to happen, that, that they sort of project out everywhere. And they, they, happiness is not reliable. Happiness blew apart in the past. Unhappiness, I can take that one to the bank. Can I can count hold. on it. It's there all the time. And what they want is something that's there all the time. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm going to hold on to my misery because it's my best friend and it will never yes. leave. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's okay. funny because my mother who had moon in cancer and the moon is the sign you were before you're the sign you are now. She used yeah. to talk about people like that and she would say in a sort of sarcastic little way, if it makes you happy to be happy, then be happy. Meaning if you want to indulge in all that negative emotion and hang on to it forever, go ahead and do it because that's just a certain type of person that will do that. Yeah. Oh, she has the memory or had the memory of once having been that kind of person. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Very confusing. Yes, it is. Really confusing. I felt like I spent 13 years walking on Jell-O. Yeah, yeah. Eggshells and Jell-O, like depending on what day it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, there's another dimension that can happen in second stage cancer, and that's that cancerians have two different archetypes of relationship or partnership in their subconscious. One type is the first stage cancer looks for a partner who is going to be someone to build a family with. So the first archetype of relationship, the original archetype of relationship with cancerians is is, is family oriented. This is my family oriented partner. This is the person I'm gonna build a family with. And this is my security. And this is my responsibility. The, ne- the second type of relationship, which is the type of relationship that a third stage cancerian has, the type of relationship a person needs in order to progress and go forward if they have sun and cancer, is, is, a, is a relationship based on self-actualization, based on developing myself, knowing myself, knowing my strengths and abilities and identity and learning with that other person. A second stage cancer can feel the draw to both of those types of relationships. You mean they can be draw, they can draw backwards or forwards. Yeah, but they also, they also, they, they are drawn towards someone who has a lot of extensive identity, is a really interesting person, can be somebody that they could learn from and become themselves with. And that's part of why your ex would say, you saved me. It, it's yeah. like you are such a unique individual and you are so self-actualized in so many ways. Yeah. And so that's where he was drawn to that in you. Yeah. Uh, he used to say stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what made me think, oh, there's hope. Let me uh, you know, help you with this. Well, they'll always do stuff. And, and because they can be so insightful, that instinctive knowledge or that instinctive understanding you talked about, it, it pops out sometimes. And they oh, say yeah. the most brilliant things. They say the yeah. most caring things. Yes. They, 
temporarily for just a few instants, yeah. open up that vulnerability and show that incredibly beautiful heart that's so deep and understands so much. I know. Go, I know. wow, that's oh my God, true. we're finally getting somewhere. And then they slam it shut again. Exactly. And being vulnerable. But and then you wait. You wait for the next time it opens up. So you end up, yes. basically, you hang around in what I would call an abusive relationship. Yeah. As it was. Yeah. Um, because you keep waiting for those amazing moments. Yeah. Yes. yes. I know and what's in there. I saw it before. Yes. And neglect and abandonment to get it to the, back to the abandoning type of cancerian, that is a form of abuse. Abandonment is a form of abuse. And a lot oh, of sure. realize that. Abandonment is a form of abuse, and a lot of people don't realize that. Oh, it totally is. Of course it's a yeah. form of abuse. So what can happen in, in some situations? I mentioned earlier there's, there's third-party situations. Because, because Cancerians have this double archetype of relationship, and they may not be expressing both of those archetypes at any given time. I think your ex was looking at you as the self-actualizing type of person I need to be with, but I won't. I'm not going to learn from any of it. I won't let it in. Right. But sometimes people will be, Cancerians can be in a relationship that is a family-oriented relationship. This is the person I'll marry and have children with, even if they don't want to have children, because a, lot of, a certain amount of second-stage Cancerians don't want children. Many second, third-stage Cancers do not want children. And there's often a very good reason for that. So we'll get to that in a minute, because that's important. But if you're with a Cancerian who doesn't want to have children, and you do, it's a challenge because a lot of times there's a very, it's, it, for their own development, it, they, it may be important for them not to have children and that needs to be respected and understood. Yeah. Yeah. But the second stage cancers can get into that marriage, family-oriented situation, but they're bored. Mm -hmm. There's a whole other part of them that's not being stimulated. And so, I mean, not all Cancerians are prone to affairs at all. Some of them are incredibly monogamous, but some are. And if they are, they're going to be expressing that other side of the coin of being attracted to someone who's going to self-actualize them. Right. But they often, if in second stage, they won't leave the secure relationship. So they're hurting their partner they're married to or committed to. They're also hurting the person they're having an affair with because they will go back and forth. They're going to really idolize and then abandon and take out a lot of frustrations on that, that person that they're having the affair with. I don't know if this is relevant. It sounds like it is. This is not my own personal experience, but I have a friend. Yep. Uh, he's an Aries. Yep. I yes, you I might know who I'm talking about. I do know. <clears> and he, about, yes. he had a long-term thing, and it's, yep. I, I'm not sure it's still going on. I think right. in some form or another. This guy is like a guy. That's yes. another thing. A lot of yes. second-stage cancer men. Yes. Are like into guns and motorcycles and being oh, yes. guys and scratch the surface and it's a screaming girl, 10 years old, <laughs> I'm having my first period. Yes. This is what it is. But anyway, this guy, very much a guy, uh, a yes. tool belt guy. Yes. This guy had a family, kids, the whole nine yards. Yes. And was having a gay relationship with my friend yes. for years. Yes. Completely yes. hidden. Yes. His family has no clue. Yes, that's classic second stage, second stage cancer. This is not to say that cancer men are going to have no relationship. It's no. just that this guy clearly was either gay or right. bisexual, and mm -hmm. that piece of him was not going to be played out in his marriage. Yes. And so he very happily played it out once a week with yes. my friend. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I won't go into more details about that right. because it's not my relationship, but I was like, oh my God, this is like, I wish people would be honest. <laughs> I know. Just be yeah. honest. Yeah. yeah. So much less pain, but yes. you no, know, yes. there was pain, lots of pain. To, yes. to go around. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But no, the X, the X was not like that. It was, it was, it was mostly the drama. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Drama and the not knowing what was wrong. Yeah. And because I didn't know what was wrong, that made me even worse. Yeah, yeah. Because I was expected to know what was wrong mm -hmm. without any clue. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. Zero. Yeah. I have to be a mind reader. Yeah. If you don't know what's if you don't know what's wrong, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Which is of course that's a joke that you know, guys always say that about women. Are they used yeah, to they it? really expect you, they they really expect you to know what's wrong. Oh I know. You are supposed it's a to betrayal. know. Because it's, it's so a obvious. In their minds 
The truth yeah. is so obvious and you're really hurting them and betraying yeah. them, letting them down by wanting them to talk about it because you should already know. Exactly. And again, you've known me for a long time. <clears throat> I'm not that thick headed. No. I'm fairly sensitive. I can See, that's why they chose you. you know, that's why second stage cancer will often choose a very perceptive person because they expect, okay, I finally found the person who will take care of my needs. Right. But there's no way to know. No. I am perceptive and there was yes. no way to know. Yeah, yeah. It would just be literally like a flash flood. Yes. Everything would be fine. The sun is shining. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh my God, one time he just got completely upset with me because something happened with his car. <laughs> we were driving and he didn't talk to me literally for two days. We were on vacation. Mm -hmm. and, and suddenly, I don't know why. And it was only years later that he went, oh, yeah, yeah, something went wrong with the car. I, and you didn't notice. And it wasn't like something went wrong with the car and it stopped working. He went over a bump and wasn't happy. I am not kidding. This really <laughs> happened. He went over a bump, wasn't happy about what might happen to the car. And right. because I kept chattering about something, I don't know, I was just, yes, okay, we went over a bump. The car was fine. But the fact that I didn't get as concerned about the bump or the car meant Two days of stonewalling. Yes. That's how crazy it is. Yes. Or that's how crazy it was. I don't, I don't know how normal this is for other people. Yeah. But that to me, honestly, and here's what created the, the loop. Because of all this, I started to pull back further and further. I didn't exit the relationship, but I started to get very nervous about it. Right. And he at some point started to talk about marriage and I kept going, oh my God, like I have, there's no way on earth. I may be with this guy. There's no way on earth I'm making this permanent or legal. And of right. course, the more I wasn't making it permanent or legal, <clears throat> the more he felt like I was abandoning him and the angrier he became. Yes. Yes. But so we were stuck. Because mm -hmm. I couldn't commit to somebody who was going to stonewall me for two days over what right. time I thought was nothing and years later found out was a bump. Yes. There's no way you're going to commit, unless you're yes. really, really masochistic. You're not going to commit yeah. to that. Yes. I kept trying and I kept thinking, like, if you can kind of get a little bit more sort of self-knowledgeable and, you know, yeah. and I will commit. And he's like, you're not committing. You're abandoning me. I hate you. I'm mad forever. Right. So yeah. mad. Still mad. He's every and now and then the other I'll type of cancerian will never commit. I beg your pardon? The other type of cancerian will oh. be is not committing. Well, apparently, if he's to be believed, because a lot of his stories, I'm not sure. I can't substantiate mm -hmm. them. But apparently, he was a bit of a heartbreaker. Yeah. He was kind of a heartbreaker until he found me. And then just somehow that changed. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he certainly could have expressed the other type. I mean, everybody in, in second stage of, of whatever sign they're in can shift between different types of second stage responses. Yeah. Well, he well I guess he found the one person that wasn't going to commit that easily. But oh, good, yes. she's perfect. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And the ones who won't commit won't commit because they, they feel like by committing, they're going to have to share their feelings. They're going to have to express what's going on in them. There's no way to forget that. You should know that I will never do that. If you really cared about me, you would know that I won't open up like that. And I don't want to be caged. And you will, you will accept that about me. It's so funny because opening up is not being caged. It's actually unlocking the cage. Yeah, of course it is. It's true. Yeah. And he actually would say, not quite that, he would say stuff like, you know, you should know that yeah. I want to but he was the kind of person that talked about all sorts of stuff when we were together until he sort of, we got closer. Mm -hmm. He was pretending to be yeah. perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I felt yeah, he was also getting, he was also not getting to the point where he was as deeply emotionally attached because as soon as they get deeply emotionally attached, they go down the deeper layers of their emotional nature and the old traumas that are buried under there. And then they start reacting to those. Ah, so it was just a matter of time. locking everything down and right. being very self-protective, trying to be very controlling, being very reactive. Uh, because it, see, the thing is the midbrain or what they call the mammal brain, that's the emotional part of the brain. And in all of us, that emotional part of the brain has the logic of a three or four year old child. And in all of us, that the, in that part of the brain, every love object is the love object. 
So if your mom hurt you when you were five and you're deeply in love with someone and that someone just moves their eyebrow in a way that reminds you of mom, suddenly you're gonna feel that exact same hurt feeling that you felt when you were five when your mom hurt your feelings. That happens to everybody. The problem with cancer is, is their emotional midbrain is, is 50 times bigger than everybody else's when they're in second stage. When they're in third stage, they're highly sensitive, they're highly emotional, but they recognize that as a strength. They have, a, they have access to their higher wisdom and their spiritual self and they're wonderful. But yeah. in second stage, they, 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 they're, in, they're almost in a PTSD scenario all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. that makes Blaming sense. Blaming everybody because, they're, because they can't, they don't wanna be in pain, they don't wanna be vulnerable, they don't wanna be hurt, and they're, they're bumping into objects that are in their own imagination and being hurt by them all the time. Right. And if they're the abandoning type, they're avoiding all of that happening. So they're having this moment of bliss with you, but then they don't want to admit to anything after that and they disappear so they can feel safe again. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of something and I just forgot it. <laughs> That's okay. It was, yes. Oh, victim, victim and pity. Yes. Mm, Book right. Victim and pity. Yeah. The other weird thing that I noticed, and it might not be weird because you know, I mean, I've met lots of people in my life and, you know, but I've found this with my mother and I found this with the ex. Yeah. They confuse pity and love and they also like being victims. Right. They, they really, like, victimhood is a real identity. Now, to me, being a victim is like, oh my God, I don't want to be a victim. <laughs> I find it humiliating. It's horrible. That's me. That's my own shit, okay? But I'm sure there are all sorts of people like that. Whereas I found that the these two people in particular, and I actually know a couple of other cancerians that have this, but they're kind of more the sweet, adorable kind, so right. I, I've adopted them, but it's kind of like, look what has been done to me, look what is being done to me, and again, it's part <laughs> of, it, it's, it's one of the compartments of the box of grievances. Yes, yes. It's, it's, and then it's, I remember my mother used to say, don't you pity me? She wanted me to pity her because for some reason, she conflated pity with love. Right. It was. It it's was, because cancer is about nurturing, uh -huh. and in second stage they can be anything but. But there, there is they, their oldest experience of life is that the nurturing function is the most important thing. When they become really developed, their nurturing is profound and massively wise and powerful. But nurturing is like parenting. So pity is like a nurturing or parenting thing. You, 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 you take pity on someone smaller than yourself and you nurture them. You give them this maternal love. I would say it's maternal because cancer is more linked towards the maternal archetype. Yeah. Yeah. No, male cancerians can be very paternal, especially if they're in first stage. They're the most phenomenal fathers you're going to ever find. But, um, you know, in second stage... No. I found that with both of them, it's really funny because the ex, <laughs> this is one of the adorable things he used to do. He would insist on cooking. I have lots of dietary restrictions, as you know, uh, and he would like cook for me, yeah. insist whether I wanted to eat or not, Right. I was going to eat. And I was going to eat what he was going to make me. And yeah. he would, he just used to love, it was almost like that. Was, you, know, the, you know what this reminds me of, China? We used to talk about it, the five languages of love. Yes. And we were like totally not in the same language because he would insist on doing things for me that he thought, okay, this is how I show her I love her. Right. But it's, you know, that's great. I love that you're cooking for me, but because of the dietary restrictions, I don't put that much emphasis on food. I've had to stop. Yes. I just basically have to eat what doesn't make me sick. And I'm fine. I'm happy. It's good. Right. Yeah. But he would insist, insist, insist. And, and I had to, under, had to learn this as a second language, which, which is that, okay, I know he loves me because he insists on cooking for me. Right. Um, but he never learned my language. Yeah. It was his language or nothing. <laughs> we, were we were living in his country. We speak his language. That was it. Yes, yes. And so my language, which is, you know, as you know, it was words and, mm -hmm. and touch. Well, that wasn't going to happen. Right. Well, one of the reasons it's always their way or the highway sort of is that again in first stage, they were so focused on parenting that yeah. they are used to, it's an automatic unconscious thing of, of being used to being in the controlling or the dominant role. And they'll even dominate from a passive aggressive place as well. But there are other oh, yeah. times when, when they're saying, well, I'm gonna look after you the way that I see fit, 
which is what a parent should be doing, but they're not right. a parent. <laughs> so yes, but, and he would actually say things like, because you don't know what's good for you. Right. Yes. yes and the yes. other thing he used to say, that's drawing from but the my, my mother used to say this, literally the two of them said this like decades apart. Well, I know you better than you know yourself. Right. Yeah. And that's what, well, the mother does know her child that, that way. Our father okay. knows his child that way. That's drawing upon that old memory of yeah. being the first stage person who is in that, in that position to, to, to nurture you and to guide you in the direction that's right for you. And that's lovely, but it's gotten twisted up after a while. It's very twisted because I can honestly tell you that he did not know me better than I knew myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's amazing, even with my mother, yeah. the stuff she missed. She had a picture in her head of who I was. Right. Yeah, they do. And it, there was a resemblance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But no, not really. They and when you get that. to the, I have to bring in, I keep bringing in the abandoning type because I want to keep a balance because there's going to be people that that's have. That's right. You're right. I'm going, I keep talking no, that's, about this. No, that's type. fine. Because with the abandoning type, what they can do too is they can project neediness onto the person. So even a person who is not emotionally needy and, you know, doesn't freak out about the relationship is not going to be happy to be so intensely abandoned all the time. And so every time they try to just gently make things happen, send a little text, maybe I haven't talked to you in a few months, I'll send a happy little flower. And the cancer will go, oh, you're so needy. Right. <laughs> they project that emotional neediness that they have, but they don't want to admit to. Yeah. Because they always want to feel like they're, they're the, they, they have, they have a strong, often have a, a sort of a, certain image they have of themselves so for the male cancerians it's like you were talking about it but i'm the cool guy i'm the macho guy I, i've got right 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 be special and for a, a woman it can it can be their their particular beautiful image their particular dramatic form of self-expression and that that is you know that is makes them so special yeah and they bring that forward along with all this other toxic manipulation and blame and all the other stuff until so your head is spinning, you don't know what's going on, but they're not admitting to ever needing you or ever actually having a feeling, even though everything they're expressing is extreme yeah. forms of emotion. Yeah. They will I not admit that you're doing that. Then you're the one that's being needy or you're, you know, you're the one that's doing the thing they're actually doing. Yeah. It's so funny because, you know, I mean, <clears throat> the ex and I haven't been together for years, and just this conversation yeah. is exhausting. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm fine. I'm just saying I am I'm going back there. I've been shipped back there, you know, express post, and I am, it's, it's the feelings so, and my energy yeah. level. It's still, so, so let's, let's talk oh. about, about things we can do to deal with them and cope with them, and then how we can find... It, find out if there's any potential hope. <laughs> so well, how do we communicate bookmark, with Bookmark Karen? back out of the room quietly. Back out of the room quietly, yes. You know how I always say that, yeah. And, and it's important to know that they communicate non-verbally. Duh. Yeah, massively. Yeah. yeah and if kind of have a feeling that they mean a certain thing with their particular non-verbal communication, that probably is what they mean. But you can't say, do you mean this? Is this is what you're trying to tell me? They go, no. No, because now they're upset because you don't know. Well, and also they're upset because they don't want to talk about their feelings. They want you to get their message and respond appropriately without talking about it. You'll never get them to reason about things or to talk about their emotions or to analyze things if they are thick in second stage. So you have to learn how to read their sign language and respond to it in the way they want you to respond or just disengage and not react to any, any dramatic fireworks they might express. You have to be able to walk away from the situation and not let any of it stick to you. Right. I did figure that out one point, I think, for yeah. five minutes. Yeah. I remember I got so exhausted, I thought I just can't even react anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure it helped. Uh, clearly it didn't because mm -hmm. we're not together, but at least I kind of yeah. you know, stopped beating myself up for a while. Yes. Now, if, they're, if they are in second, third stage, then there's, then there's real possibility of healing. And it will take time. 
-hmm. not going to be an overnight process because all of the emotional crap in there has a lot of inertia. It's been around for a very long time. But a ways you can tell that they're in second stage is they're going out and trying to find information themselves about themselves, not about you so they can blame you or point the finger at you, but about how to discover who they are, how to develop their, their mission in life, how to understand why they're reacting the way they are emotionally. And what does that look like? Well, I mean, it looks, it looks like possibly getting, getting psychology books, or it looks like saying, seeing something that's going on in the world that they don't, that they don't like and starting to talk about or take certain actions like joining groups that are about making changes in society or that are about, you know, making making the world better in some way okay but they are going to come to you and say i've just discovered this about myself what do you think and if you say yeah yeah actually i do notice you do that a certain amount of the time they might so freak them out. Believe. yeah they'll probably if they're early in second third stage they'll get upset with you because they really didn't want they wanted you to say oh no no it's okay you're you're fine <laughs> But if they're actually in second, third stage, they'll get upset, they'll disappear, then they'll come back and they'll sort of come at it a little bit sideways and then they'll discuss it again very, very gently. So they're slowly, slowly, slowly learning to look at themselves and learning to talk about their feelings, but they're going to be uneven about it. But over time, and we're talking months, maybe years, they, you, you don't want to be too many years, but you, you will see. Well, if you're 20, it's fine. When you're 60, you don't, don't, don't. Well, even when you're 20, I don't know if you want to spend 15 years banging your head against the wall. No, probably not. No. no. Yeah. But you will see slow, gradual progress, ups and downs. Certainly, it's a person who wants to be conscious. A person who's interested in the spiritual life can be a good thing. But it's got to be spiritual, not religious. Because if oh, it's God. about beliefs that we're going to cram down someone's throat, that's religious spirituality is about looking for true sp spiritual truth it's exploring and being open to yeah. finding answers to having new experiences yeah. that's another indication of being in second third stage but even for the early second third stage it can still be tumultuous it can still be challenging they can still yeah. come and go or be you know or, or express a lot of the things you were talking about so you really want somebody that's going to start to talk about themselves and learning about themselves and learning about their feelings and they'll bring it up. You yes. don't have to bring yes. it to them. It is never works to, to bring it to a counselor. No, it never does. It never does. It never does. And you just reminded me of something I think that I have told you, which is sometimes you'll know something mm -hmm. and you can't let them know, you know, right? Yes, it's true. Um, <laughs> like you'll know something, they have to come to you and then you have to act surprised. Yeah. Now this, this never happened. I'm thinking of an experience with another, I think, transitional young woman that I lived with, um, yeah. the daughter of my current guy. Um, right. But I lived with her for years. Yeah. She was lovely. We got along phenomenally well. Yeah. And I learned some techniques. So that's why I think she might be transitional. Mm -hmm. Because she would come to me and she would open up and yeah. it turns out she told me stuff she didn't tell her father. She's super close with him. Because after being beaten up with a sort of relationship for many years, I, I went, oh my God, another Cancerian, how do I do this? But <laughs> she and I clicked right away yes. and I just learned how to just listen. Yes, yes, yes. Just listen. And she would actually, even now, calls me up for advice. So shocking, shocking. She does. She will That's get great. on the phone. She'll say, I need to talk to Isabel. Yeah. And she will ask me stuff like what to do here, what to do there. That's you great. know, it, and it feels like that it's bubbles. It's bubbles of the yes. transition. Yes. And, and that's where I also learned my how to back quietly out of the room thing. Yeah. <laughs> I can mention, talk about now, if you, or if you're in the middle of something, I can wait. It's, should I do it now? Or yeah, what? sure. You can do it now. Mm-hmm. We used to cook together. Of course we cooked together because that's what you do with Cancerians. But we used to make banana bread and all sorts of bake together and have fun. And she would always, we'd make banana bread and she would always use a fork to kind of, you know, clean the batter out of the bowl. Thereby leaving tons of batter still in the bowl because right. if you know how to bake, you know that using a spatula, 
is the tool that is preferred for getting batter out of a bowl. But yes. no, she used a fork. And so I said, well, why are you using forks? She said, I've always used a fork, which mm -hmm. of course, that was the reason that's why I use a fork. Yes. I actually yes. went out and bought her. That. They do things the way they've always done them. <laughs> always. Even if it doesn't make sense. <clears throat> and so I, I went and bought her a spatula. Her, she loved lime green. So I went and found a lime green spatula and bought it for her. She never used it. And <laughs> having had enough experience with cancerans I re and wanting to get along with her, I thought, she's never going to use this. She is going to continue yes. to use a fork mm -hmm. and also eat some of the raw batter. And I was constantly worrying about her getting salmonella. And she kept saying, I'm fine. And I just had to not argue. Mm -hmm. So what I did was, even though I was standing right beside her, I mentally just backed quietly out of it. Right. And, even, and, in, and even in second, third stage, you have to choose your battles if you're dealing with a second, third stage cancerian. Yeah, I if you're dealing with a third stage cancerian, they will change. They, they will not just go on these default settings the way second and second, earlier second, no, third stage cancerian. She cancer. still uses the fork. Just so, so we're clear here. Yeah. She still <laughs> uses the fork. I gave up on that one. I just sort of bit my tongue, shut up. <laughs> and just didn't say a word because I knew it's not going to change. I've had enough experience with cancerians to know this will not change. Yes, I yes. did. I did come up with a name for her, like Bubby, like old Bubby, you know. Right. Uh, because and she laughed and thought it was funny, and she even referred to herself that way. So we turned it into a joke. Yes. She was able to <laughs> respond to humor, but that was never going to change. I use a fork because I've always used a fork. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to explain logically that you realize that the banana bread will be smaller because you're not putting all the batter in. Didn't matter. <laughs> no, because I can eat it raw. And I went, okay, I can't win this argument. There's <laughs> back <laughs> quietly out of the room. That's yes. So right. I ended up getting along famously with her, still do. Yes. But she's, I do believe she is, it may be early, I don't know, somewhere in the transition. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yes, you know those earlier about. If you're with a second, third stage cancer and you want to have children with this person and they say they do not want to have children, that you must respect that. Now, the reason for that is that in the three stages of cancer, for lifetimes, the person spends time in first stage cancer, putting all their energy into family. That's their entire goal. So already, if this person who doesn't have children now is being presented with the idea of having children again, their soul saying, oh, I've done that so many times. Do I have to do that again? I don't feel like I wanna do that again. Some second, third stage cancerians do wanna have a family and that's perfectly fine, nothing wrong with that. But what they didn't get to do while they were in first stage is they didn't get to self-actualize. They were, they were constantly putting all their attention into the children, which over time, it, it creates a lot of positive traits, but when you go into second stage, they morph into manipulative tendencies because you had to do, you had to learn how to manipulate sometimes if you wanted to get six kids to bed on time. It also morphs into projecting things onto other people and expecting that, that life, life, life is very codependent because in first stage cancer, their own needs were not important. The needs of the children were what mattered. That's what they were putting all their energy into. And that's, so therefore in second stage, they feel like other people need to be as self-denying as they were, or they're gonna put aside pieces themselves. Everything is out of whack as far as equality. There was no, there was no sense of equality in relationships. So a right. second, third stage cancer is going to want equality in a relationship as they become more conscious. A third stage cancerian has, an, has, has equal partnerships, but a second stage or second, third stage cancer often wants to really self-actualize because they didn't get to do that in first stage. They don't have a strong sense of ego when they, when they move into second stage. And this is another reason why they can be so defensive of themselves and why they hang on to things and do things the yeah. same way all the time because yeah. they don't really have a very solid identity. So in second, third stage, they need to know who they are and they need to develop their strength. They need to actualize their mission in the world. So children are going to take a lot of time away from that. So really, please don't try to talk a second, third stage cancer into having kids if they don't want to. You're going to be taking them away from their natural path. If it's something that's a part of your true destiny, you may want to consider that you may love this person, but you can love them in another way. It's not the person for you to create a partnership with. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because both uh, Bubby, <laughs> my mm -hmm. nickname, and her sister, they're both cancerians, and yeah. uh, and so funny, she said to me, she said, you know, do you think my dad will be upset if I don't want kids? 
Yeah. And so having learned everything from yes. my years of studying astrology, I said, he wouldn't be upset. And it's really important that if you don't want them, you don't have to have them. Exactly. You need to know, don't have them for your mother. Her mother's a Cancerian, one of the yes. second stage, really crazy people. Yes. That's another story. Yes. Uh, and so what I, I knew from having, like I said, learned from you, I was just encouraging her yes. to self-actualize without saying that. It's just yes. whenever she asked me something, it was pretty much, what do you feel you need to do? Do whatever yeah. it is to take care of yourself. That's and right. in the four years we were living together, I mean, it's amazing yeah. how much she changed. Yeah, she, she became wonderful. a lot more careful. She stood up for herself a lot more. Great. And, you know, my guy says, wow, he said, really living with you has been so much better for her. Like it, yeah. it just worked out. And not that I'm so great, just so we're clear here. Yeah. It just that having learned from you about how to deal with a cancerian that's trying to self-actualize, I thought, wow, I think she's open to this. And that's whenever she asks me anything, that's going to be my refrain. And it seems to have worked. Like mm -hmm. she's, she's doing very well now. That's great. Wonderful. Yeah. But there was hope. Like, it, believe me, it wasn't me because she was ready. Yes, that's exactly right. We're still don't... using a fork. Just let's be clear here. <laughs> still using a fork. Yeah, of course, of course. But she's she's moved. There's been yes. movement towards Thursday. Yes. Or she really hit all. the nail on the head, and it's so important to reemphasize that. She did it herself. She was ready. Yeah. She has the people have to be ready, especially yeah. Cancerians. Oh, you yeah. And not will never change them. They'll just dig their heels in deeper. No, you will never change them. It's water, water. Who wins, rock or water? You can't entice them into things. No. You can't trick them into things. No. They're looking for trickery all the time anyway. And they yes, can very to themselves yes. at second stage. Don't try to out-manipulate them. It won't work. It won't work. It won't work. It just will. No, you're right. It won't. I mean, that's just not my way anyway. My yeah. way is, that's another thing. Can no, I'm just saying again for, any, for any, anybody that's watching. Oh, I know. But it's just, it's, that's another way we we're talking about. We weren't talking about communication styles, but communication styles. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a direct person, yes. and, you know, <laughs> don't. It's not. The, the cancer's the crab. They go sideways. Everything yes. about them is sideways. Yes. So I had a boss who was a Cancerian, and she and I are actually quite close. I adore her, but she was my boss, and I had no idea what she was talking about pretty much 98% of the time. She <laughs> yes. would go off on these. I have no idea how we work together. <laughs> I think it was all intuitive. I somehow, because I'd had so much experience with Cancerians, I kind of really didn't know what she was talking about, but I kind of knew what she wanted. So I kind of did what she wanted without knowing what she was talking about. Right. Which for me, it was, by the way, very stressful. Yeah. But she ended up being quite thrilled with me and trusted me more than anybody. Yeah. And we ended up forming a very, very close bond. Now, to be fair, I do think she's transitional. I don't think she's sick in second stage. Right. And she saw um, that you really put the effort in, which is good. She did. She did, and she was able to appreciate it. But yeah. I just didn't feel like I was in a position to say, I'm sorry, I have no idea what you're talking about. Can you explain <laughs> it in a way that I understand? I just sort of thought, yeah, that's not going to work. No, no, it, it doesn't. I really just thought, do your best. Just yes. do your absolute level best. And, and really, that's, that's what it's like. Because, again, if there's any second stage cancer, one of the things I say about second stage cancer is they're emotionally autistic. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. For any, for some Not this woman. This woman, well, yeah, actually she was. She wasn't, yeah, yeah now that I think of it, she was. And so they're, they don't communicate the way everybody else does. They just don't. No, it's sideways. No, oh, I don't for know. For anybody who doesn't know how autism really operates, because people, you know, everybody, I think every, most people know that truly autistic people are kind of in their own world and you can't communicate with them. But autism actually occurs when a person's senses are on overload. So an autistic person is seeing 10,000 times more light and color and images than a normal person, 10,000 times more sounds. They're overwhelmed by this constant sensory input. Oh boy, and, I totally understand that. And a second stage cancer is overwhelmed by the constant emotional input and all the emotional stuff that's churning around inside them also. So right. they really do create their own language in, in the thick of that maelstrom of, of this flood of right. water that they're living yes. in. Yes, 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 yes. And they appreciate, if not, they don't want someone to ask them, can you explain this to me? Because they can't. 
So they have no they appreciate. I just explained it. This is how it's like Robert Frost when asked yeah. to explain a poem. I explained it with the poem. Yeah, exactly. I can't that do is it so any other perfect. way. Perfect. Yeah, I don't know. Or was what? He? Wasn't I'm a going to text. You keep talking and I'll look it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but they really do appreciate it if the person does their level best to try and understand what it is they're saying. Even if they don't do a perfect job, and if yeah. the person's a more positive second stage type or they're in second third stage, stage, they will deeply appreciate that you are trying and you're really not putting them on the spot. Yes. I think that's true because instinctively, they feel you're doing your best. That's right. Mind you, that didn't work with thick and second stage because I was no, doing my really best. Deep, and thick in the worst part of second stage. As second no. stage progresses and it gets towards the end, that's when the most negative patterns are in place. And I mean, the person is it's just kind of trapped in a hell of their own making in any yeah. sign in late yeah. second stage. And there's not much you can do. They just have to, they just have no. to, it's like the, 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 the spinny toy has to keep winding itself down until it finally crashes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Start looking at life in a different okay. way. Okay. Robert Frost? Yes. Aries. Aries. Oh, wow. I no of course idea. I was quoting an Aries. Right. You know, well, Aries know. is a bit like cancer in, in the sense that you can't really tell them stuff too easily. And you can't tell an Aries they, anything. Some you can. But we'll but do a that as <laughs> I want to be told what to do. And they also will tend to state stuff. And that's that. <laughs> so yeah. that makes sense. No, they just ignore you. It's, they don't get mad at you. They just ignore you. Yeah. You don't have the same <laughs> emotional drama. You will just be oh. roundly ignored. Right. <laughs> True. But anyway, we're not talking about Aries. We'll do Aries later. We will. <laughs> yeah. But at any rate, I think that sums up the Cancerian heartbreakers. Are we, did we talk, uh, did we, like, what to do if you're in a relationship with one? We've dealt with that? I think we did. I mean, in terms of how to cope with it or communicate with it, most of the time, if you're in a relationship with a thick and second stage Cancerian, probably the best advice is run. I said run right at the top of this. I don't know if you heard me. And that sounds like such a mean thing to say, but really, the, I guess the bottom line is you either accept them completely, yes. totally, the way they are, yeah. accepting nothing will ever change. This yes. is the way it is. The way it is right now is the way it will be on your deathbed. And, and do you your okay best. with that? Yeah, and if you're going to stay with them, do your best to interpret their smoke signals. Not, don't ever confront them. You can never yourself. doesn't mean you have to be a doormat. You can step away from stuff, walk out of the room. If you need to do what you need to do for you, if they're abandoning you, go off and do something else with your life because you can't get them to come back right now. But interpret their smoke signals yourself. Don't send them a big, if it's an abandoning type, don't send them big, long, giant texts about your feelings and what you've interpreted about them and you're trying to get through to them. They'll shut you out. Yeah. Just do your best. Understand what they're saying and respond accordingly. And if you don't do a perfect job, they will appreciate the effort. And you'll slowly, you'll slowly negotiate a different kind of relationship. It's like you are trying to have a relationship with a person who speaks a foreign language and will never learn yours. You get, gotta right. learn as much That's as you can of theirs and make do with that and then make the best of it. I, one proviso to that, I think thick and second stage, the worst part of it, if you do your level best, they won't appreciate it. No, I know that. But a lot of them, if they're not super, super thick and second, then you will be able to make things better. Okay. But it's still not ideal. No. They're and if you first. can't accept them the way they are, an yes. unchangeable rock, yes. then you have to go away. Yes. That's yes. Your, I, I do believe it's your only choice. That is very true. Yes. I suppose homicide is a possibility. But <laughs> it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it has some, some uh, side effects you might not really want to experience. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's our, that's our Cancerian Heartbreakers story.